This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Good morning. Hope you're doing well. It is match day. Thank thank goodness. Oh, it feels like a relief. It's a genuine genuine feeling of relief that we have football back in our lives. Although saying that last night was a little bit special, wasn't it? Last night was a little bit it was t- it was almost too enjoyable. Um, no, what am I saying? It, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, thank you, Southampton, so much. <laughs> thank you so much for just bringing joy into our lives on a Wednesday evening. Good morning, everybody in the chat box. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Good morning to Matt G, Olu, Daniel Roberts, Olu, Bradley. Uh, we've got Anthony. We've got John T. We've got Stevie. Uh, G Norburn, we've got Paul James, Mike, Chris, uh, we've got Titus, MCPE, we've got uh, Omar and Marcus, we've got Tony, uh, Dana, uh, and plenty more of you too. Thank you so much for joining us as per. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Arthur this, is a, Arthur, this is a great point. If Arteta was acting how Conte was yesterday, the media, the fans, rival fans would have had a field day ripping him apart. But because it's Conte, an experienced manager, it's fine. I think we've got one thing to say to Conte, and that's just... <laughs> oh, just glorious. Just absolutely glorious. Anyway, let's get on with today's show. Uh, there will be a show live at 9.30 this morning. Uh, Bailey and Chris will be leading you through the morning's news, and myself and Hush will be live on the Arsenal way after the game this evening. So make sure you're subscribed. Turn those notifications on over there as well. And you'll be able to catch our live reaction after the final whistle of tonight's game. Um, also, please do help us contribute towards Vinny's uh, Cancer Macmillan or Macmillan Cancer Support Charity Fund as he continues to battle hard and uh, and fight off this bastard of a of a disease. Um, but fingers crossed, things are looking up. Uh, let's look towards the articles of the day uh, that came out yesterday from myself. Uh, I did a piece looking at kind of the benefits of Manchester United dropping points 
against Burnley, but also some of the things that we can look back at that game. Regrettably, perhaps how Veldkos was a bit of a missed opportunity. Then looking at how we might deal with Tommy Asu's absence, if indeed he is absent, we'll talk a bit uh, a bit more about that in today's show. And uh, a final piece that came out early this morning that I've just retweeted onto the timeline. Uh, on Twitter is a piece about how Mikel Arteta's words which we'll be discussing about the transfer window kind of affects the past failed attempts uh, to sign N'Golo Kante and Wilfred Zaha and what we did instead and what we might do differently in the future so they're all pieces that you can read link in the description to my Football London page is in uh, is just down below so make sure you check them out now Mikel Arteta spoke about Tommy Asu he said he's there he had a recurring injury so we had to be careful with him he's been training hard let's see if he's available for Thursday very open-ended doesn't give us much information at all really does it which is frustrating but at the same time you understand that he wants to be coy he doesn't want to guarantee anything but I think, to be honest, when we're looking at a player like Tommy Asu, if he's training, typically what happens is is that he tends to play. Uh, and I spoke to Kai Kainak yesterday, my colleague at Football London, on our press box show over on the Arsenal way, and he feels that he'll play. Uh, he feels that if he's training, he's probably going to be in the team. So fingers crossed he is, but I don't want to see him rushed back. That's a big thing for me. I don't want to see him rushed into the side and, uh, and then injured again. That would not... That would just not be what we want. Um, before we move on to the next story, thank you to Matt Hayhow uh, for joining us as a member. Absolute legend, as is MCPE Inventors. Thank you so many of you for becoming more members over the last couple of weeks or so. But you two in particular, thank you for the continued support. If you've become an expert member or a TGT ambassador, you can join our Discord server, which is like the chat box, 24-7 a day. 24-7 a day? That's the right term, isn't it? It is. 24-7 a day. Um, thank you so much uh, for becoming a member. And I'm sure if you are indeed one of those levels, you'll be able to join the Discord server and come on the show as well. And the chat box is already making you feel welcome as well, which is great to see. Um, moving on to our next part of the press conference, Mikel Arteta responded to questions surrounding Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. He said, you asked the question directly to me, so I'll respond. I am extremely great. <laughs> that seems really strange, doesn't it? That's basically him going, if you didn't bring it up, I wasn't going to bring it up. <laughs> that's, that's the situation that that is. He says, you've asked the question directly to me, so I'll respond. I'm extremely grateful for what Alba has done at the club, for his contribution since I've been here. The way I see myself in that relationship is the solution not the problem. Question further, he said, I think it ended up in the best way possible for everybody. I think when things change and the context changes, this is part of football. But what we did yesterday or a month ago is not relevant. It's what we're doing today and what we're going to be able to do in the future. And you have to make the decisions. And we all made the decision that the best thing to do was to move on. And now he plays for Barcelona. I think from this, it's uh, it was a good response. It was a very politically Arteta-ish response. Calling himself a solution was quite clever. Um, kind of spun Aubameyang's words about him being the only problem that there was uh, for him. And, you know, people have taken sides on this debate. I'll always side with, you know, in, in this case, when a player has acted and done the things that we are made to believe that Aubameyang has done, we move on and rightly so have moved on and it's interesting where he talks in the end there about kind of we're doing today and what we're going to be able to do in the future I think that indicates that Aubameyang's wages and the financial side of that and getting a player off the books of that kind of financial outlay in terms of wage packet is going to enable us to, to push forward in the future for 
more than one striker fingers crossed Lacazette as well moving on will be another thing that allows Arsenal to push ahead with their striker plans even more now he was asked about transfers and the lack of transfers during the January window and he said we did what we believe was the right thing to do the squad composition and contracts were catching up to be fair with players who haven't had a lot of minutes we had a clear plan of what we can do but then it has to be doable. Edu and his team have done a great job. We are very clear. We only want the best people and the best players at this club. When we are in a rush and the reasons to get a player on board are not the right ones, we didn't do it. This is great. This is everything that I could have asked for in regards to a response about why they didn't do any business. And it confirms every kind of discussion that we've had around the manager and his actions in the track or lack of actions in bringing players in we didn't make the mistakes of the past we didn't panic we didn't overspend on players that are not worth anywhere near of what we would have had to pay for those players that piece I wrote yesterday talking about Wilfred Zaha and Angela Kante when we missed out on Zaha we went and got a player in Nicolas Pepe who yes was very good at Lille but did not suit what we were doing did not suit the system that we were playing when we didn't get Angola Kante we went and got Granit Xhaka need I say more on that one it's about how Arsenal are now positioning themselves to act maturely and act in a way in which they are going to only do business when they know a player is going to improve them and it's going to take them in the right direction. Some people might say, well, you might end up not signing any players. But during the January window, it's not really a reflective period of when you can get your plan B, plan C, plan D. It's a window where you have your options and if you can't get them, your plan B, C, D are pretty much those options that are plan F, G, L, whatever um, in the summer. They're very, very different. Did I just get my alphabet the wrong way around? <laughs> I probably did. It's really hard to know those letters further down, isn't it, without doing the A, B, C, D, F, G. It's H after G, not L. What am I talking about? H-I-J-K-L, yeah. <laughs> Deary me, that's going to get clipped. Anyway, moving on to uh, stories outside of the press conference. Uh, Katano, who is the director at Atletico Monero, has been talking about interest in Savio, who is a young 17-year-old winger that Arsenal have been linked quite heavily towards. He said, we know that the market is looking for this type of player who is still developing and can give a return later on. Uh, he told UOL in Brazil. We had inquiries from some clubs abroad, but none of the offers interested us. If that happens, we receive an acceptable offer. The club will evaluate it. Arsenal have said to be one of the seriously interested clubs. Other clubs interested is the Red Bull Group, be that uh, Barangatino or um, Red Bull Salzburg or RB Leipzig or New York Red Bulls, of course, as well. But the Red Bull Group is said to be interested along with Arsenal in Savio. Interesting uh, player. Hasn't scored, as far as I'm aware, yet at a senior level, but made his debut at 16 years of age still now only 17 years of age very highly thought of and uh, is expected to go on to quite big things and I think that with their do at the club we know that we we're eventually going to be going into Brazil and looking at some young players and it appears that that has started if you remember we were also linked with Fluminense's Mateus Martinelli uh, not the Martinelli that we have another Martinelli we were linked to him in the summer of 2021 I remember we did a tactical breakdown on him nothing came of that in the end but uh, it does show that Arsenal are clearly looking into the Brazilian market at these young players coming through the ranks. 
now, interestingly, Victor Ozyman, according to the Mirror, is continuing to interest Arsenal. They will look at him amongst their other targets of Jonathan David, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Alexander Isak in the summer of 2022 as a possible move. Uh, there were links to him towards the end of the window in January. Nothing was able to happen. And it's interesting because Napoli would supposedly be open to selling. There's a lot of investigations going on around Italian football on big inflated transfer fees. Ozumen's deal from Lille is said to be one of those deals that saw, I think, as many as four or five kids move from Napoli to Lille in a deal that is being investigated. So if they can move him on, that may lessen the pressure and the investigation on themselves. So they may be open and supposedly, uh, according to some Italian sources, uh, the deal could be done for around 70 million euros, which is less than what Napoli ended up paying Lille for. Uh, in the summer of 2020, I want to say. So, yeah, he's a, he's a very good player, fast. You know, he's got a little bit of bite about his game in terms of physicality. He's not easily knocked off the ball like some rapid strikers are, clinical finisher. He has had some injury issues, um, but they've not been the injury issues that you'd associate with kind of like long-term injury reoccurring problems. So that's not too much of an issue, but it would depend on how much we would have to spend to bring it in. But supposedly the price is 70 million euros. If you can get Jonathan David, though, I would be looking more towards him. I like David better. I also think he would combine well with a Schick, and we know that we need to bring in two strikers, not just one. So let's see how this plays out in the summer. It's going to be interesting, that's for sure. And lastly, Fabrizio Romano has claimed that Arsenal will look to go back in for Douglas Luiz in the summer. He said Arsenal need a midfielder. They wanted a midfielder in January, also because Elneny will lead the club, so they need a player in that position. Douglas Luiz is the one to watch in the summer, not only for Arsenal. They have an interest, but it's not only Arsenal because I'm not convinced he will extend his contract to Aston Villa. So he could be a big name on the market this summer. And so keep an eye on Douglas Luiz, not only for Arsenal, but they have his name on the list. We know that Douglas Louise was linked to Arsenal in uh, the summer, uh, and we know rather, I think not in the summer, rather in January, significantly for quite a long period of time. And I spoke uh, to a Birmingham Live's Aston Villa correspondent, Ashley Prees, who, who talked to me about how Aston Villa want to sign him up to a new contract. He didn't expect him to leave during the January window, and he didn't but he could yet leave in the summer, especially with only a year remaining, I think, on his current deal come 2022's summer window. So I think all of that combined could lead Villa to be open to selling Louise. Do I want him? I would be very happy with him as an option. I think he's a very, very competent, uh, combative, good recovery pace, good tackler, uh, progressive passer. His, his stats don't match up to that of Bruno Guimaraes. It'd be interesting to compare Bruno Guimaraes' stats when playing for Newcastle in the Premier League compared to Douglas Luiz at Aston Villa come the end of the season. But he's still a player that I think would add plenty to Arsenal. We all have our favourites. We all have our preferences. But he definitely would be a player that would improve us. Anyway, let's uh, move on to the final part of the show, which is your questions. So do start throwing them into the chat box and we'll go through as many of them as we feasibly can. Definitely click the wrong button. <laughs> They're right next to each other on the thing, so I just was inaccurate. I was about as accurate as Aubameyang's been this season, clicking that button. Um, 
<laughs> Let's move into the chat box and see what you guys are saying. Uh, scrolling up a little bit because I know we missed some questions that come in towards the end. Um, Ian asks, come on, people, show Tom some love and hit the like button. Only 11. So only 11? There's 520 of you watching. Come on, hit the like button, people. Show your support. We do these shows every single day at 8 a.m. Uh, let's go to Matt G, who says, of all the January signings, who are you most interested in seeing play? For me, it's Diaz at Liverpool. I, for one, are very interested in seeing Diaz play at Liverpool. I'm also interested to see how Arta Cabral gets on at Fiorentina after I've hyped this guy up quite considerably. Uh, Val Veghorst at Burnley is another one. It's mainly the strikers that have moved this window to see if they can actually add anything to these teams. Um, I'm interested to see how Kulisevsky gets on playing right wing back for Spurs. I, if that's really the plan, I don't understand what on earth he's thinking but I'm all up for seeing it I'm all up for seeing him try and use Kulazewski as a winger I think that's going to be very interesting indeed Zander says if we are unable to get Saka on a tied down to a new contract do you sell in the summer and use those funds to further the rebuild Zander I personally don't think we even have to consider this question I think it's mad that there are reports suggesting that we are going to be struggling to sign him up to a new deal I really don't think this is the case I really think there's an opportunistic moment to write this story. Saka is very committed to Arsenal. Arsenal are very committed to try and get him signed to a new deal. And I would expect that to happen. Um, I would have no fears about that deal at this moment in time. Could that change? Sure. But at this moment in time, I am absolutely not concerned about Bakaya Saka's contract situation. Patrick Carlson says, any chance to see Pepe play tonight? Yeah, there is a chance. He probably will be on the bench uh, this evening for the game, as will probably Mohamed Elneny, even though he just returned yesterday back from the AFCON. Um, but yeah, Pepe should be available. He can bring us something that we've lacked from the bench in the last few weeks or so. So yeah, we definitely can. Um, Graham says, Tom, do you think it's realistic that we could go after Ramsey from Aston Villa? Great energy in midfield and scored a couple of great goals last night. He's certainly someone that's impressing. Uh, I, my colleague Bailey wrote a piece about him a few weeks back. Definitely a player that should be on Arsenal's radar. And another player that comes from the Premier League. And if we are moving in this direction of trying to sign players from the Premier League, he would certainly fit that mould. The question is, is where would you play him and who would he replace in the team? That's the that's the tricky answer. That's the tricky one to answer. If he says, why do you prefer Jonathan David over Ozyman? The reason why I prefer Jonathan David to Ozyman is because I think one is we need two strikers. And I think those two strikers need to be quite different in terms of their characteristics. And the thing about Jonathan David is that Jonathan David isn't just an out-and-out -out striker. It can play there, has done for Canada. But Jonathan David mainly can play with someone else. And that someone else for me should be a Patrick Schick-style physical, good in the air, not slow and still technically good and clinical, but you know, someone that he can feed off of. And I'm not and I think Ozymen is too is too close to being in the middle of those two and too close to being another Abamyang style striker. And I want someone that's got more about them than what Ozymen has individually. If he said that he was coming, you know, I'd be delighted to see what he could do for the club. But I do think that we should go for a greater variety of characteristics between the two players that we bring in. And I think that David and Schick would certainly add that to the team. Um, Viraj says, how many players Arsenal will sign in the summer and how many departures? Oh, Viraj, I have absolutely no idea. Speaking of Viraj, here's our second one in the chat box. Uh, it says, do you think it's possible to sign a player like Yusufa Mukuko from Dortmund? Might be young, but is super impressive and has 
all the necessary attributes. I have not been keeping up with his uh, development. I know he's the famous, ridiculous goal-scoring under-16s, under-18s player. Uh, hasn't scored in the Bundesliga this season. Now has two assists so far. He's only 17 still. I don't think that Dortmund would allow him to leave. How long's left on his contract? Runs out in 2023, so he's only got a year left in the summer. Interesting. If you told me that Arsenal could get Yusuf Makoko, he looks to be one of the next big young talents coming through. So he's not someone that you'd really easily say no to. Um, but uh, he, he's a hell of a player, it seems. But it could be one of those that's a bit of a fool's dawn again. Uh, and I don't know if he... He wouldn't come into the team and start, but he's a player that is in need of much more senior footballing experience before we start talking about him in the context of bringing him to Arsenal, to be honest. Uh, MCP says, uh, happy to join as a member, Tom. Thanks, mate. There seems to be a lot of hype with Pepe all of a sudden. Do you think it's a sign that he might be tried out as a starter now, maybe in a position other than right wing? Good question. I think that with Pepe, he will continue to remain on the bench for now. I don't think I see him as a an out-and-out striker. The only way that I see him coming into the team regularly is if, say, Arsenal changed their formation and Saka moves to a wing-back position and Pepe's kind of played ahead of Saka. That's the only really way I see Pepe getting into the team and rotation. But we haven't got enough games that you think that rotation is going to be absolutely necessary. So, no, I still think he'll be coming off the bench unless Saka gets injured or Smith-Rowe or Martinelli gets injured. I think we'll still struggle to see Pepe on a regular basis. Answer says, who would you pick between Neves, Douglas Luiz and Artemelo? Right now, I would pick Neves. I think Neves is the best player of those three currently at this very moment. He's doing fantastically for Wolves and he's going to be a big threat in tonight's game. Musa says, do you think Coutinho's form is largely about Gerard? I was waiting to see how long it would take before we got a question about Coutinho. Uh, I absolutely think that Gerard is, is working his magic with Coutinho. He knows the player inside and out. He knows what he's greatest at he knows how to use him but Coutinho has always got quality it's never in doubt what the player's quality was the doubt was how much would you invest to get him into the team and what he would do to the kind of the players around if you think about it we have Erdegaard we have Smith Rowe we didn't need to bring in Philippe Coutinho and it was kind of one of those moves that harked back to your Willians, your David Luiz's players, not just because they're Brazilian, but players that are reaching the latter stages of their careers and their peak, especially or even past their peak, that we didn't really want to bring into the team. So it would have harked back to that previous regime strategy, not the current strategy, which is why I wasn't really interested in doing it. Um, let's scroll down a little bit more. Maya says, hi, Tom, can we get Pogba? I very much doubt it, mate. I'm sorry, but I very much doubt it. Scrolling down a bit further. I know I missed plenty of these questions because I'm going one by one. Let's go to any word on Tommy Asu. MCP, all we know is that he's currently, uh, he's been in training and it's 50-50 is what I would say. It's completely 50-50 as to whether he'll play. Tim says, are you saying that we should get two strikers, change formation and play with both or one starter and one backup? Both, Tim. I'm saying that we should have both. I think you need to be malleable. I think you need to have different options. But what I'm saying is you're losing. We've lost a Bamiang. We've lost Nketiah or we're losing Nketiah. We're losing Lacazette. We need to bring in two forwards. We absolutely need to bring in two forwards. It might be that one of those forwards is kind of like a wide forward that can play in the middle but we need two forwards. Even with Balogun coming back, we do still need two forwards. 
Zana says, have you been impressed by Broja? And would you think that he would be a good option for Arsenal? I have been by, uh, impressed by Broja. I just don't think that Chelsea would sell him to us. And if they did, they would definitely up the price considerably. I think you'd need to wait for him to move to Southampton permanently and then sign him from there. I'll tell you who I am very impressed with and increasingly liking, and that's James Ward-Prowse. And we need a central midfielder. And genuinely looking at a player like him perform consistently every single week for Southampton. If you told me that Arsenal were going in with a bid for James Ward-Prowse in the summer and he was going to be the guy that came in to play alongside Thomas Partey, I would be fine with that. Yes, he's 27. Yes, he would be a bit of a marquee midfield signing, a bit more experienced. But I do think that he is a fantastic player and is proving that he can be a consistent Premier League level footballer. The only issue is his age at 27. Is that is that too old to be investing a significant, and it would be a significant amount of money in, or do you bring in, say, a young central midfielder, and you bring in someone like Will Prowse to replace Xhaka, and you've got that passer in the team and that set-piece delivery guy as well. He's class. Like, he is so good. And you might call this recency bias and contradicting my views on players, but let's be real. Ward Prowse has been a consistent performer in the Premier League for a number of years, and I really do quite like what he's bringing to the table week in, week out. Um, Fouad says, uh, do you see Arteta changing more to a 4-3-3 next season? Depends who we bring in, Fouad. It depends what players we bring in. But at the moment, you would say that 4-2-3-1, I think, will be the continuation. It depends what midfielder comes in. It depends where he sees Thomas Partey playing in the long term as well. Rich said, I was looking at our team and our 20-man squad currently with the outgoings in the summer. It could be as low as 15 and 16. That is dangerously low if we get European football. It is dangerously low, Rich, but you have to consider the players that also are coming through in the youth side, and people may you know, laugh at that, but they are. I mean, your William Saliba's coming back, of course. We don't know what's happening with Reese Nelson. We don't know what's happening with, um, with Hector Bellerin. Bert Leno's probably going to go. Matt Turner's going to come in. You've got Mika Bireth. You've got Balogun coming back. You've got uh, Salah Adin, Charlie Patino, Miguel Aziz, Omar Rekic, Alabiosu. You've got these guys coming through, plus whoever we're going to bring in. We brought in six players in 2021. It's not beyond the realms of possibility that we bring in a similar number of players in the upcoming summer window, is it? So I wouldn't worry too much, Matt, about how many players that you're looking at the current squad. I think we've got a lot of capacity to spend, a lot of room to bring in plenty of players in the summer. And, you know, we haven't, we haven't panicked. And I like the fact that we've not panicked because it's not forced our hand for the summer window just yet regarding who we can and can't sign. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for the donation, mate. Thoughts on the fuss around Endrick? Uh, should be looking to get him and signed as a prospect, or would he be the next William Wellington Silver? This one's gone over my head, mate. Uh, Endrick is in Madrid on holiday. I've not... How has this one missed me by? Uh, let's have a look. Who is this guy? Uh, Palmeiras Wonderkid Endrick is the latest young sensation to capture the imagination in Brazilian football and having already been linked with a move to Real Madrid and Barcelona, the 15-year-old just so happened to be on holiday with his family in the Spanish capital this week. The young attacker and his family were spotted enjoying Madrid's restaurants and shopping opportunities after arriving on Wednesday. I sound like a proper newsreader now, don't I? <laughs> Endrick took the recent Copinha, a Sao Paulo youth tournament by storm, catching the eye of national and international media with some impressive performances and goals. 
I've not seen anything of him, Chris. Um, thank you for bringing him to my attention. Clearly one that's gone under my radar. Um, but uh, 15-year-old wonder kid, next Vinicius Jr. I mean, they had the record for a 16-year-old transfer. Maybe they're going to look to sign a 15-year-old now. But I think you have to wait till they turn 16 at least. Maybe even older. But one to watch out for, Chris. Certainly one to keep your eye on, it seems. Uh, Rich says, I put it in the Discord the other day, Tom. 15 years old, ripping up trees. Uh, I need to check his stats now because... Hendrick, who is this guy? Why have I completely missed him? Uh, he doesn't even come up on... He doesn't even come up on Transomarkt. That's annoying. Hendrick Palmeras. Transomarkt. We'll have to go on to uh, Scout in a second to find out who this is. Endrick, here we go. 15 years of age. No stats. Do we have him on FB ref? Surely we have him on FB ref. Did I have any statistics about him at all? Matches played, starts, goals. Where does he play? What positions do he play? Is he a forward? Midfield. He's a midfielder. Okay. It's so hard to find any statistics about any of this. Any of these players that are so young and anywhere. The last hope I've got, and this is why I spend 200 quid on it every year, is why Scout hopefully will give me something. <laughs> I'm about to renew my subscription, so if it doesn't, you know, I'm going to take that into account and speak to them about this. Endrick, uh, let's have a look. Palmeiras stats. Oh, we do have some stats. Okay. Uh, I can't show you what I'm watching, which is really frustrating because obviously of copyright, but he scored one, two, three, four, five, six, seven goals. Playing as centre forward. Oh, he's not a midfielder, he's a centre forward. Okay, see, that's why you need to get Y Scout because it gives you so much more. Let me f- let me share the screen with you. I won't play any video, otherwise I'll get done for uh, <laughs> for copyright. Uh, let's have a look at his stats and what we're looking at. Endrick, who is this guy? See, we love learning about new players on this show. Um... Santos, under-20s, under-20s. So he's only playing for the under-20s, which is, you know, fine. He's only 15 years of age. You wouldn't expect him to play for the senior side. Uh, Shots. Oh, no. Don't. No. No. Don't play the video. (laughs) Oh, that was close. Uh, Shots. Okay. I'm trying to look at any other kind of statistics. Passing. What's his passing like? Okay. This is decent. This isn't great watching for you, watching me look at stats, but now you've piqued my interest in a midfield, in a straight centre forward, so I'm going to be what I'm going to be looking into this guy all morning. Uh, let's move on before I bore you with me looking at statistics. Simon says, "Has anyone ever wondered uh, which came first, oh when the Saints or oh when the Spurs? <laughs> Did Spurs still uh, steal another team song?" Um, I don't know which one came first. To be honest, you'd think Southampton's would have come first. I mean, you know, I didn't a trophy. So that's what you need to do. Check on YouTube. The guy's a lot of talent. I will watch plenty of clips of uh, of Endrick. I will definitely look into him and uh, and see how I feel. But yeah, that's really gone under my radar. And it shows you how busy I am with Arsenal stuff that I'm not even keeping up to date with all the young wonder kids of today. Patrick says, do you think Arteta waits for a couple of uh, signings from Man City? Uh I don't think so, Patrick. I think that what he'll do is uh, is he'll wait until he finds out who 
is available. I think you'll find out how much money we've got available as well in the summer, who's also going to leave in the summer, and then they'll base a plan about what they can do. We've already signed our backup goalkeeper, our replacement for Bernd Leno. That's a good sign that we're moving in the right direction in regards to kind of planning of these transfer windows. We brought in this Austin Trusty guy. I don't know how much he's going to perform or how much he's going to play for Arsenal. He's expected to go on loan in the summer. So whatever happens with him, we'll have to wait and see. But he was rated quite highly in the MLS. In fact, I spoke to a fair few people about him who thought that he should have been in there in should have been in the MLS team of the season in 2021. So we'll see. But uh, he's an interesting player, that's for sure. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up. Oh, no, we're not. Actually, this question from Chris is quite a good one. Is there any free transfers that you would consider at the end of the season? Nuzer Mazraoui from Ajax, right back, 24-year-old, attacking. I think he's got something like three to five goals already this season, a couple of assists, two. He can certainly add something to this Arsenal team. Good backup. Um, it's good backup to, uh, what's his face, Tommy Asu. <laughs> And um, who else is out there that's a good... Uh, Matthias Ginter at centre-back's pretty good on a free transfer. In fact, what you can do is, is you can actually go on to uh, Transfer Mart and put in one-year contracts. And it tells you all of the players that have one year left on their deal or contracts expiring, and it will tell you. So if we have a look down this list, we've done this before. Uh, Frank Kessier, obviously, great central midfielder. Uh, would you take a risk on Ismana Dembele, Bubakar Kamara, Matthias Ginter? People laugh when I said James Tarkovsky, but I genuinely think he could have been a decent backup for us. Alessio Romagnoli, uh, I mean, Jesse Lingard, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people chasing after him. Luis Felipe at Lazio, Florian Grilic at Hoffenheim, uh, Corentin Tolisso at Bayern Munich, Bernadeschi at Juventus. Look, there's a lot of players. And I mean, you, all you have to say about this is that Arsene Wenger was absolutely right, wasn't he? Arsene Wenger got it absolutely spot on that players would start to roll down their contracts, get a big move to somewhere else, and uh, and and that's what would happen, and, and get a big payday. And player power is certainly something that is getting bigger and bigger in this game. And they really do need to do something to try and curb it, but it's really difficult to manage. Chris said, I finally heard of a player before you, mate, though only by about half an hour while surfing the news, but it still counts. Yeah, look, the one thing about when I went into this new job with Football London is that it it's a fully kind of encompasses Arsenal is now fully taken over my life. Used to watch so much La Liga. And I just don't have the time to watch as anywhere near as much of it. So you guys are going to find players before me. And now it's your job to come to me and tell me about these players. So, uh, you know, if anything, we've both been getting a job. We've both been given a job out of this. So thank you, Chris, uh, for bringing him to my attention. Uh, Jam, J uh, Jam G, rather, says, Top show every day. Keep it going. Thanks, mate. Like the fact that we have cleared shop and there is a clear path for existing youth and new players who could join potentially Declan Rice to replace Xhaka. I think that we'd have to spend a ridiculous amount of money to bring in Declan Rice. I would absolutely be interested in bringing him in, but I'm not sure for £100 million. Is he worth that amount of money? Is it worth using that money on, say, a £50 million midfielder and another £50 million forward? I probably lean towards the latter. So let's see what happens. Anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in as always. Do drop a like before you leave. Do go join Bailey and Chris over on the Arsenal Way at 9.30 this morning. And then I'll be live on the Arsenal Way after the game tonight. We'll be doing a breakdown of the game on this channel tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. So make sure you join me 
for that. I will see you again very soon, guys. Have a fantastic Thursday. And fingers crossed we can bring home a result this evening because it would go a long way on our push to get top four. It's in our hands now, believe it or not. 17 cup finals. Let's win the first one. See you soon, guys. Have a great day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.